0: doing what I love, reading, writing, and thinking while making a hell of a living and helping my people do the same. What is up, friend? Hey, so it is a Sunday at 11.32 a.m. and I've just had a freaking fantastic weekend. Um, Decided to throw a fun Barbie party with myself and my earth angel girlfriend yesterday. We had like 18 people. We all dressed in fricking pink and Barbie sunglasses and like Ken. And we took over a movie theater, which was uh, in San Juan Capistrano. Imagine 18 people taking up the back two rows and uh, all dressed in pink, just uh, laughing our butts off at the Barbie movie. Anyway, I am going to put the finishing touches right now on issue number eight. And one of the things that's on my mind, and I'm probably going to write an email about this, is that, you know, Zettelkasten is largely, if people spend too much time on it and just focus on it in and of itself, it just becomes a vehicle for procrastination. And one of the things, like I received an email message and this person was um, saying he wished I, you know, wrote a little bit more about, like, Zettelkasten. And it's like, really? Like, you've just gorged the 594-page book of uh, Zettelkosten, which covers, like, everything you would ever need to know about Zettelkasten and more. And, you know, you want more material on it. Well, here's the problem with that, is once you've learned the Zettelkasten a lot of people get stuck you know they start hanging out in the reddit forums or they continue to take cohort courses and like especially if you get sucked into the obsidian world and start you know just focusing over and over and over again on the latest obsidian plugin and how to link your thinking you just become a professional like note-taking machine and a note quote note making machine but like that is not what zettelkasten is about Zettelkosten was a drafting tool for Nicholas Lumen to draft his thirty-year theory of everything as it applies to society. It was a writing tool. It was a thing that helped him publish his pieces of research every single month, and then on his way to do, doing so, in, in doing so, he was effectively writing out more and more new sections of his thirty-year theory of everything. It was a writing tool. It wasn't a note-taking tool. It's not about note-taking at all. And, you know, what I've switched into is the topics that I care about right now is after, you know, post-Zettelkasten era is two things. Number one, how to write, how to become a more prolific and productive writer, how to constantly get your thoughts out there into the world. And number two is... Essentially, what you can call like profligation, meaning the spread of your message, the spread of your research, the spread of your books, the spread of your, you know, papers, if you're an independent researcher and all of that, you know, can be encompassed under the umbrella of marketing, right? Like how do we actually market our ideas and market really that term is really misunderstood. Like I was looking at, um, I was looking at a brochure. I sit at this hotel um, last night and, you know, I got this brochure about signing up, uh, for their little hotel membership, you know, club. And, you know, the, the team signed off on this like little membership letter. They, I see this letter and it's about joining their membership and they sign off like the hotel name. And then they're like the marketing team. And it's like, that is not marketing you just you know creating a membership that's maybe you're a membership team but that's not marketing what is marketing marketing is mass persuasion and the mass in that persuasion is advertising how do you get your message advertised out to the world and then the persuasion part is copywriting that is your message that is your persuasive message that gets people intrigued and interested in the underlying product in which you are creating whether that be Coaching, consulting—you know—a book, an academic paper, whatever. Right? It's all about marketing. It's all about telling your story in a way that moves people. And a lot of my focus right now is on—you know—after you've gotten your Zettelkasten established, after you've gotten in the productive habit of reading and thinking. The next phase you want to transition into is A, writing, actually publishing your work, and then B, spreading your ideas. And the way in which I'm going to be helping people do that is teaching people and showing people how to tell stories, how to tell stories in such a way that gets people intrigued with your research. And even if you are in an academic institution, right, your audience, okay, is those who, you know, are the peer reviewers or those who are offering the grants, okay? You got to figure out who your audience is, who you're writing for, and then you need to do something in which you get a thorough understanding of their needs, wants, desires, their challenges, their their overall, like, what they're looking for. And then you need to craft a compelling story that enables them to say, yes, I want to fund this, I want to invest in this. I want to, you know, essentially be moved by the underlying product, that underlying research. And this whole framework, there's a framework, a special framework for doing this, which I call the VLC framework. And that's what you'll learn at issue number eight. And so it's interesting. Is like, you know, a lot of people, you know, especially like those people, the gurus who just, you know, stick within the note taking realm they're really doing a disservice to their audience, to their readers by not transitioning into the next rung of the journey that you really want to translate your transition, your people into. You don't want to just create a a whole army of professional note takers. And that's what a lot of like these gurus are doing. What you want to do instead is you want to create an army of people that actually transform and change lives through their writing, through their research, through their products, through their services, and you can't get them there if you just get them stuck in note-taking land. Note-taking is a means, and even Lumen wrote about them this himself. It is a means to the end. The end is output. The end is actually writing. The end is producing work that gets in front of the eyeballs of people that you care about and then transforms their lives and gives them thought-provoking material that really helps them. And, you know if if you're in the sciences if you're in the academic disciplines then you know substitute changing people's lives for adva- advancing the you know the, the 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 knowledge base of the world advancing science advancing what we know right and if you're just freaking taking notes all day long and not producing you're going to get stuck and you're going to your legacy is going to essentially be at risk even J.R.R. Tolkien he had he was at risk he was just a professional note taker for a long time and the only thing that helped him get out of his own head and produce work was his best friend C.S. Lewis who actually you know they met the the group of inklings they met on a weekly basis and he was like okay what if you produce this week J.R.R. you know like what 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 uh, what output have you created? And this kept him accountable. So that's what I'm here to do. That's what I'm here to do for you. It would be selfish of me to just write about and stick within the Zettelkasten niche because that's the easy route. I could just hunker down and write, you know, like I can go deep. I could probably write a book on the the history and the craft of excerpting, which is like, you know, essentially, you know, copying down quotes from books. There's like even fantastic books out there about this you know, that, you know, recount the scholarly medieval, you know, uh, practice of excerpting and how people managed in the medieval times, like, you know, their, their knowledge, right. But the problem in doing that is you're not going to effect and have an affect impact on who you really want to, to transform, whether that be an individual person or the entire field within uh, your academic disciplinary field in which you're trying to advance. Therefore, um, that's what I wanted to uh, kind of share on my rant on the, on my drive to the office. I'm going to f- finish up the final touches on issue number eight of the Scott Shepard letter and then explain the framework, the VLC framework, that essentially teaches this and touches on this. So, hope that gave you some uh, interesting insight and perspective. And all I want to say is always remember... To stay crispy, my friend. Peace. Hey, real quick. This podcast was made possible by my sponsor, which is me. Yes, frickin' me. Sir Scott of Shepherd. You see, I am committed to never shilling some dildo-freaking-hipster-crappy product like all the other podcasters do. All right? So my only ask is that you spend 10 seconds... Right now, pull to the side of the road even if you're on the frickin' freeway and rate and review this podcast. Then share it with a friend. That's my only ask. You see, this will help spread my movement. I want to create an army of 1,000 independent writers, creators, and thinkers who get to spend their days doing what they love. Writing, creating, thinking, and taking notes using analog tools while also making multiple six figures if they even choose to. And more importantly, I want to help my people build a tribe, a tribe of people that they were meant to serve. And so by rating and reviewing this podcast right now, you will directly help me and many others in achieving this mission. Peace.